Grounds Patrol, a podcast for Newgrounds creators. My name is Will Comer. I'm your host. Thank you for showing up to the interview with Studio Goblin, which is uh, Clockwork Pixel and Fraser McNeven. They're awesome animators. They're awesome people. They're creative. This is a fun interview. I'm excited for you to hear it. There is also, I'm going to say this right off the bat, some big, big Grounds Patrol news I'm going to give you after the interview. So please, please, please stay tuned after the interview is done and listen to the happenings and the goings-on afterwards. The last episode I did was with Git Mads, YouTube animator, which understandably was a little bit controversial. I want you guys to know that I appreciated all of the feedback I got, good or bad, about it. It was a weird move. I understand that, having a, a YouTube animator on a Newgrounds podcast. And I did it intentionally. I had my reasons, and I kind of like have stated my reasons elsewhere on the internet. But I just wanted you guys to know that I, I'm, I'm not not hearing you guys. If you're saying that, look, it's a, it's a Newgrounds podcast. It should have Newgrounds people. I hear you. I really do. We had some good reviews for this. Cyber Devil says... I like the idea of bringing in new perspectives, too, and new people. also feels like the YouTube community might be more like the lunchroom that Get Mads describes, whereas Newgrounds is that small, enclosed circle where everyone knows everyone and bonds every time, overcoming mutual hardships and all those trials and tribulations that both smaller platforms and creators face. I appreciate Cyber Devil saying that, because that's kind of like a, like a, yeah, it is interesting that we are both, we're, I would say that we're sort of both different tables in the lunchroom, too. Newgrounds, YouTube... There's a Twitter table and the Tumblr table over there. And, you know, who's to say we can't walk up and talk to the other tables? I walked up and talked to a bunch of other lunchroom tables, and I never hung out enough with my table, which is why I didn't have that many friends in high school. Serbsky says, <laughs> I, Serbsky says, I don't see it as a limit interviewing Newgrounds creators given the choice. Newgrounds tends to attract unique artists who bust their ass doing what they love. If anything, it's inspiring. I mean, look at your episode list. Each one of those beautiful, unique motherfuckers are on NG. How many more interesting users are on NG? 10, 20, a billion? And that's an argument I can respect. Serbskis, thank you for saying that. I, 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 I get it. There's a lot of Newgrounds people out there. And an episode where I interview somebody on YouTube is an episode where I didn't in a, interview somebody on Newgrounds who also deserved it. At the end of the day, it was kind of an experiment on my part, seeing what boundaries I could push and seeing where else I could take the podcast. And I think this is the first time I took it to a place where a line was sort of crossed. And uh, while I am not necessarily going to say, oh, well, I'll never, you know, pursue anything like this again, I'm going to be conscious of it. I see that Newgrounds people love Newgrounds, and uh, I see that people appreciate Grounds Patrol as a podcast that celebrates Newgrounds. So there's that. This is going to tie into the news I have afterwards, by the way. So please, again, stay tuned for that. Now, enough vamping. You're going to hear the interview with Studio Goblin, who's Fraser McNeven. And Clockwork Pixel, they're both amazing. They have stuff like uh, the Chaos Signals, which actually won the Halloween contest on Newgrounds. They have Spoople Nose, a weird, funny, quirky uh, storytime parody. Studio Goblin is a professional company, so you're hearing two animators do things on Newgrounds, but also make money doing what they love as animators. That's the interview. I'll see you afterwards. Bye. Nice to meet you, Will. Thanks for yeah. asking us on. Yeah. Of course. Uh, just so you know, I'm Fraser. Okay. And I'm Luke. And I'm Luke. You're Luke. And yeah. Fraser goes by Fraser McNeven. McNeven. That's correct. McNeven, yep. And then, uh, Luke, you go by Clockwork Pixel. Absolutely. That's it. Nice. It's funny that you uh, that we're doing this now because right for the... 
a review of the last episode, uh, Cyber Devil, who's a prolific Newgrounds user, mentioned a lot of different people like an interview for this. And mm-hmm. Clockwork Pixel, you were one of them in the list. Oh. So I yes, was compiling I... like, you know, some reviews to read out loud for this episode. And I was like, oh, <laughs> hey, I, I jumped. I jumped. I did it. I already did it. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned Cyber Devil because I swear I've seen a lot of comments from yeah. some so of my he, stuff as he, well. He's very um, known about ah, Newgrounds. Okay. Gives great feedback. Yeah, he's on everything. He's like a review yeah. on everything. He's a great, like, I wouldn't say critic, but um, I don't know, giver of feedback. <laughs> yeah, just just a great vocal member of the community, Newgrounds community, basically, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think he's kind of a model citizen, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys both have sort of your own style. So it's kind of like I'm talking to both of you individually, and I'm talking to you guys as Studio Goblin at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always been a strange thing. Um, there's always been a strange thing to reconcile. I think it's more obvious on Newgrounds, isn't it, compared to our, person, uh, our professional work? Yeah, when it comes to professional endeavors... Um, we often have to take inspiration from other sources of artwork or sort of find middle ground we can both work with. Yeah. But when it comes to um, our own professional work, it's just the gloves are off. <laughs> oh, yeah. When, <laughs> when we're doing stuff for Newgrounds, it's, it's a case of one of us will come up with a crazy idea and, uh, and they kind of take the lead, don't they? And then mm. the other one's just sort of, you know, we drag you along for the yeah. ride, essentially. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a Studio Goblin is a piece that's going to go in one of two directions. It's going to go surreal comedy, maybe, or it's going to go existential body horror kind of cosmic <laughs> horror <laughs> yeah basically that is the I, way we go oh, you've absolutely nailed yeah. it we were discussing this really recently um we always said if we kind of personified ourselves as goblins uh, and kind of had our own sort of mascot characters then I yeah think mine would be called gag and yours would be called gore yeah just gag and gore <laughs> you're 100 horror and i'm 100 goops and it's it's funny because you the polar opposites of the spectrum obviously with wholesome goodness and horrific gore but whenever one of us comes up with an idea, the other one is equally excited to work on it. Like, I love working on, like, spoople and funny stuff and just getting weird and wacky. Yeah, we're uh, each other's greatest fans, and I think that really helps. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, your work, I guess, would become sort of like a sliding scale of one being one of you guys and ten being the other one. And you're trying to find the five, maybe, a little bit? Trying to do, like, the comedy horror or the horror comedy? Yeah, we've we've talked about that sort of today as well, like, trying to find middle grounds. Because although... It's great to be on two ends of the spectrum. Then you're kind of expecting it. You can expect something really funny and expect something really horrific. It'd be fun yeah. to do something that is on the middle ground to catch audiences off guard and give something a bit more, a bit, but something that's both out of our comfort zones. I think that's going to come out naturally as well at some point, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. everything we've done so far is kind of, it's sort of been led by one of us, which means it's sort of like an uncompromised artistic vision. Mm. And I think maybe up until now it kind of hasn't been a, a right opportunity for us to find something in the middle that we feel is as strong as like one of our individual ideas but i think that thing's going to come and it's probably going to come sooner rather than later oh absolutely yeah. yeah i see that as part of the the growth in the future for you guys and for studio goblin it's going to be a a, a path to finding that five right <laughs> yeah, you're going to do absolutely. an eight and then a two and then a seven three six four five you're going to find <laughs> yeah. it <laughs> yeah yeah completely yeah it couldn't be more right is there a you talked about something you were working on today is there a project you're working on now that you guys can talk about yeah i mean in terms of future stuff the, the thing that um <laughs> the thing that luke mentioned earlier is we well, this is a great way to work and i'm sure a lot of other people do something similar is uh you kind of you know, drag up old um like discarded files i think we found a sketch that you did on photoshop yeah months ago of, of these like three little characters that are in a cult but they're like 
like cute looking. Mm. So we're yeah. like, oh, let's do something with this. That's quite, um, that's funny, but has that kind of like horror thing, but isn't scary. And and that's about as much of that as we can talk about it because that's about as much as we thought. About yeah, it. and we don't know that will be a thing. <laughs> maybe it'll be a thing. Maybe it won't. But, but um, so you're not course, being coy and withholding information. You're just talking about as much as you have at this yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fine. That's great. There were like whenever we have an idea, um, one of us will basically kick down the office door and walk in and be like, "Right, hear me out. I've got a pitch for you." That is exactly what we do. We sit the other person down and kind of stand up and, and gesticulate and kind of the, the crux <laughs> yeah, of the idea yeah. just kind of and emerges pitch each forth. other. Yeah. yeah, basically. When Chaos Signals came about, because um, it was about May, April, May time, I want to say May, um, where we start thinking of what to do for Halloween. That's often the time when I'm like, right, I'm going to watch some horror films and see what comes to mind. Luke starts then, to crack his knuckles. like, my turn. All right. Yeah. Here we go. yeah right. Step over. It's my girl now. Yeah. And um, while I was thinking about it, Frazier was playing with his styrofoam, mm. sort of messing around with it and see what he could come up with. And um, like that stuck with me for that whole evening. I got home and I was thinking about it. So I came to work the next day and was like, right, you know your styrofoam you had? <laughs> How about we make an animation that is nothing but that styrofoam? <laughs> And it gets weird. And then I sort of sat him down and was like, think of Evil Dead, but with that stylophone and also cosmic monsters you can't see. Wait, what's a stylophone before we keep going? Um, oh, sorry. Um, it's a... How can you explain it? So it's kind of like a small synthesizer type thing. Um, they're pretty old. And it comes with a little stylus attached to it with a cable. And you push on these little metal pads and it makes... Yeah, noises. like a synthesizer. Yeah, yeah, basically it's that. Um, and then from there, um, I started doing the animatic uh, and then passed it on to Fraser to do the keyframes and the cleanup and then back to me to do the animation and the coloring and shading Then back to him for the backgrounds. It's like a poet 50-50 split. But yeah, it basically starts off with one of us coming in and being like, sitting the other one down. And in our office, we have um, glass walls so you can write on the walls. And it is Ooh. like a, a proper elevator pitch of... Right, sit there. I've got loads of pens, and I'm just going to draw a graph of what I'll yeah. draw it and articulate it that way. But the thing uh, yeah. is, I mean, um, yeah, uh, first and foremost, like Studio Goblin is a professional endeavor. It is kind of how mm. we make a living. So when we come up with these passion projects, um, it's kind of built into the DNA that everything's going to be done in a way that we know we can manage in the time frame that we give ourselves, which mm. is why, and there's, I, you know, I don't try to hide it, and it's definitely the work that we've released recently has been done in a limited fashion in, in many different ways. <laughs> and, and that's fine. I love it. Limited is great. It gives you a lot of opportunities to explore different things. Um, and that's just something that we've embraced, isn't it? Because yeah. it gets, it gets stuff done. We speak to so many people who are afraid to do things because they want it to be such, such a high tier of, of yeah. animation. And don't get me wrong, that stuff's incredible, but that's just not what we're, we're not in a position to do that. So yeah. we'll make the best that we can. Absolutely. That's something I really want people to hear too. And I'm glad you're saying it is that just because it's a passion project doesn't mean you can't approach it professionally and do it in a professional way. In fact, oh, doing yeah. it that way might actually ensure the success of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of um, putting limitations on yourself. So you sort of work with the creative, creative with those limitations. Mm -hmm. So with this project, we said like, Although we sort of started working on it in May time, you may look at that and say, that's ages. We only worked on it about an hour a week up until about start of September. And then from there, we started doing like dedicating days to working on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was doing backgrounds like you wouldn't believe near the end. Yeah. Mm. So 
what I, the basically limitation we put on ourselves was it, it had to be four minutes or under. It, it had to only have a certain number of shots. It could only have about two or three animated segments. It had to be limited. And by putting those limitations on ourselves, like no dialogue or no music, it, it allowed us to make something manageable, um, but also break outside those limitations. Does that make yeah. sense? So, so I think it's, we, we really love animation and we put a lot of effort into it, of course, but, um, it, I, I guess the whole thing of the projects that we do is that they, they kind of live and die on the concept. Mm, and yeah. we both really like the concept behind Chaos Signals and we both really like the concept behind Spoople. And okay, corners were cut in order to get them produced, but they exist now and I find them funny slash entertaining. So that's the main thing. <laughs> you know, it's funny talking about cutting corners in animation. The last episode we did... Uh, was with a YouTube animator who does story time animation, and that's uh-huh. all the dialogue is about. It's about in the age where you need to cut costs and make things quicker and longer, what do you do towards that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's like you're you're approaching the same problem they are. I think they're approaching it a little more extremely by having just totally animatic style. But you guys are also finding ways to make it a little bit simpler in the process. There's a lot of you guys' shots that are like – I noticed in Spoople, for example, that the – his mouth doesn't always move. No, yeah. So, I mean, you've actually segued into it perfectly by mentioning story time animation on YouTube because that was the core premise behind Spoople is I came in one day and I said to Luke, okay, here's a concept for you. We've just worked on your crazy horror thing, so you owe me one. Um, <laughs> how about we go for a story time animation, but instead of, you know, the guy behind it being this kind of relatable figure, yeah. it's the most single unrelatable thing we can possibly concoct it's a creature that's so unrelatable and so bizarre but that's the that's kind of the flip the kind of the pastiche on the entire genre but that's why story time animation was such an attractive format because we recognized kind of the the limitations uh that are in that and, and how quickly that can be produced and we thought yeah we can adopt this and make something a little bit skewed off of it hmm. yeah. um I love yeah, Spoople, it's hilarious, and I think now I love it even more knowing that that's sort of the concept of it. It's, yeah. it's the anti-storytime animation. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's exactly, exactly it. it. I, I've absolutely, <laughs> Spoople believes he's a storytime animator in my mind. Right, yeah. like, absolutely he, he, he has it. this tone of like, I, like you, do these things, and it's things yeah. that nobody has ever done in the history of time. <laughs> that was it. We, we sort of said that he was this perfectly, purely neutral character. Yeah. Like, he just... Think, he just thinks this stuff is just normal and he doesn't have any expression or any, like, he just, he's just talking about it as if it's mundane stuff. And that's what makes it. Yeah. And he, he acts in the same way as well. That's kind of, I know it sounds crazy with such an absurd character like that, but we actually have to keep in mind what he would or would not do. But the, I think the golden rule we said is he just thinks it and then he does it. And there isn't any sort of deliberation in between. Yeah. yeah. He's not, a, he's not a, He's the perfect neutral. He's not an evil character or a no. good character. No. He just does things. Yeah. He's 100% impulse. He goes yeah. straight off of impulse. Yeah. 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 Complete but, impulse. Well, you mentioned about the mouth movements. That's something we decided kind of early on that mm. in the scenes where he's kind of speaking direct to camera on his little chair, we were like, ah, all right, we'll put some, we'll put some lip sync in that. But then when it kind of cuts away to the, the story elements, we thought, no, we can just kind of make his mouth wobble. I don't miss it. <laughs> no, I don't miss it. Lip sync can be a nightmare. I know we bounce around a lot in this kind of interview and we'll get back to chaos signals and other stuff but we're talking about spoople which is hilarious it's on newgrounds and youtube if anybody wants to find it it's on all the stuff mm. there's two videos out right now right there's spoople knows and there's spoople knows jobs yeah i mean it's all a bit up in the air because with newgrounds we found it nicer to just have um 
Spoople knows, Spoople, Spoople knows jobs on yeah. YouTube. Uh, for some reason, we decided we were going to name them in a sort of a stream of consciousness way, in the same way that Spoople would. So I think the second video is is named, uh, is named something like uh, "Hello, my name's Spoople, and I know jobs. Let me tell you about the jobs <laughs> yeah. I've had." It's yeah, something like "Hello, my name is Spoople, and I need to tell you about my life, and I'm Spoople." It says it twice. Yeah, or yeah. Like, it's yeah. basically yeah, that. Sure. If you if you were to search just Spoople knows, you will come across it, but. Um, obviously, with the word cap on Newgrounds, and you make something like that and put title that on Newgrounds, it's no. probably not going to make it through the through the judgment yeah, process. Yeah. So we play it a bit more safe that way. Absolutely. And it's also the fact of um, on Newgrounds, obviously we're credited, but um, on the YouTube we're not credited. So on YouTube, it's sort of the oh, it's people real person who's making it. That yeah, sort we of can thing. play with the anonymity. More. Yeah. Because yeah. Newgrounds is a is very much a credit and identity based platform. Mm, you follow 100%. people, you see the people's stuff. Like, I think the title of it doesn't make as much of a difference as the author of it. You're seeing, mm. you know, it says, find more by this person. Whereas I guess with YouTube, it's way more about that, that click, that side click to the other things you see in the column on the side there. It's like, oh, that's mm. fun. That's weird. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So Spoople, how do you write it? Is, or do you write it? Ah, that's actually a really good question. So, um, generally it's when I'm by myself in, uh, on the bus is a great opportunity. And it just kind of, I just start, if I start doing it, the way my brain works is it just reaches from gag to gag. Um, yeah. so I can kind of get the basis of, of an episode that way. And then when we start recording, we, there's just no limit on improv, uh, which is where some of the best jokes come from. For now on, I can't be in the office when he records audio because no. when he goes off script and improvises, I can't. I have to laugh. It just catches yeah. me so yeah. off guard that uh -huh. I now have to leave the office before he records it and then just come back and listen to it afterwards. And even then, um, often I'm the one cutting up the audio and sort of keeping the takes, and yeah. I'm next to him just in tears of laughter, cracking up <laughs> on what's there and what isn't. But it's, it's just so free form in that um yeah sort of scripted then half of it gets made up when you do it and then as we're actually animating it we think of all these visual components which were never planned before one of us will be like oh wouldn't it be really funny if like this is the accompanying visual to that shot it was never considered in the first instance but it just kind of punches it up a little bit yeah um yeah so it is it's mostly just it, it's funny and I, again i think this is a, a, a testament to what people can achieve it's another case of don't sit around waiting for inspiration because every time I think I need to come up with something new for Spoople, I just sit there and just talk to you, don't I? Yeah. And just record it and then something will come. And it's a, a, a thing of when on our professional work, it's very like mundane and corporate. We do some fun stuff, but a lot of the time we're doing just corporate animations. So we're doing some very boring work and to keep ourselves entertained and stuff, we all yeah. sit there and bounce off each other with jokes. Yeah, yeah. And it's so often that the spoople voice will come out when we're doing that. And we're like, well, write that down, put that in the episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Work that in. It's nice to have that as kind of a thing that you work on at the end of the day. If, if you're so brain, if you're so brain dead from just a normal corporate project, what kind of projects do you do? Is it like, do you have connections with companies that you make stuff for like internally or? Yeah, so not really. Um, it's it's crazy uh, how well you can subsist on um, kind of people's passion projects. Yeah, we we've, we've created we've done stuff for YouTubers like intros and stuff, Twitch streamers. Intros, um, yeah. mm -hmm. We've also done things for universities. Um, we've done some corporate work that was like internal uses. Um, some social, a lot of social media stuff. So we've done produced a lot of gifts. 
and animated yeah. segments for like adverts and uh, other corporations like social media and stuff like that yeah we're very fortunate as well uh, where we're based um there is an arts university and there is a huge animation community and mm. um there's a great guy uh who i think a lot of us would consider sort of the head of that community wouldn't we steve and, and he arranges um animation meetups um as often as he possibly can which sometimes is often sometimes isn't mm. but they're always fantastic and i mean you get in terms of a turnout of like 30 to 40 people sometimes like these rooms are packed just a little room in a pub just full of animators and the amount of connections wow. and, and skills that we can swap. And that's all local. And that's crazy to me. It still boggles my mind because we're not central. We're not in London. No. And there's just such a, a like an animation force in this area. Mm. Uh, it's terrific. Yeah. You started basically a small business. You guys are small business owners, correct? Mm -hmm. Like, yes. What was the process of you guys starting that up? Did you guys have to find investors? I'm not really sure how that, did you so just rent the office? Yeah. So um, basically, it started as all good business ventures do at the pub. Yeah. <laughs> where nice. we're, we're meeting up. Um, so me and Fraser, just to put a bit of context to this story. Yeah, um, please. Because it's basically a nice, it's a load of string of coincidences that perfectly came to this this company forming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but me and Fraser studied uh, our bachelor's degree separately, but then we studied a master's degree in moving image at the same time. And on that course we met, and then obviously throughout that course, we were the only two animators or there was the only, there was a couple of us, I guess, one there, but we really clicked with yeah, animation yeah. styles. And throughout that year of doing this course, um, we started talking more, we started hanging out a bit more. And then we had this opportunity where our university um, has this office where they can give you a business space at lowered rates because oh. you're alumni of the university. So we're like, basically, you got to the pub and we went, let's seriously talk about this. And within 10 minutes of us seriously talking about it, we're like, let's, let's go down there, let's talk to them. Yeah. And that day, we put the deposit and we were moving in a few months later. Yeah. And bouncing off your point of um, sort of investors and, and capital, I suppose, I mean, we're in a really, fun, a really fortunate situation where we're, you know, and I'll make no bones about it we're very well supported and um but the other the main thing is there's no overheads there's no there's not a significant amount of cost i mean aside from rent and like software subscriptions yeah it, it's an entirely digital business isn't it like mm. we're not having to pay out for materials as long as i can feed myself that's kind of yeah you don't we, have to buy the paint <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it yeah, that's, that's completely basically. it we don't have to We'd be buying in materials every every month. And yeah, we know people. You know, in the in the building that we're in, where there are a lot of startups. And and recently, um, uh, recently there've been a group of people. I think there's six of them, isn't there? And they're mm. kind of starting their own business. And I I heard that, and I was horrified because I don't know where they'll find the money to kind of support six of them right off the bat. It was hard enough with with. That's two. what I was gonna say. Is that like I don't consider you having to buy paint, but. As an animation company, usually you would have to do payroll for all your people, but you don't have mm. people. No, right? we, it's are, you two. we are just a partnership. It's just us two. So, Which is wild. You're doing your own work. Every line that you see on Spoople or Chaos Signals is you guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I think a lot of people would love it if we took on more people because we get emails all the time. I think people, uh, because we come up on, I think we come up on Google now, don't we? And because, um, we present ourselves as a, as a business as we should, because we are, right. uh, I think people are under the illusion that we're a lot more established than we actually are. So we've had so many emails of, uh, kids looking for work experience mm. and internships, <laughs> internships and, and stuff. Oh, yeah. tell yeah. me about it. I mean, jobs in general, but I mean, 
the work experience is great because um i mean luke especially has this fantastic thing where he's part of a scheme where he goes around to uh schools and uh, he gives talks on the basics of animation don't yeah you? i sort of give a lot of um lectures to students who are about to finish school and don't really know what to do with themselves so i kind of like tell them hey that's okay um you know see what you want to pursue and have you considered animation and the creative arts that sort of thing yeah and it's that's kind of cool yeah, and as an extension of that, if we could take some kids on for work experience and have them come into our very small office and, you know, help out, then absolutely we would. Uh, but then it just comes down to insurance, and then that's a huge cost, yeah. and we can't. It, it, that's all, it always breaks my heart when yeah. um, we have to turn them away because the insurance to have them in is insane. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. we won't be able to do it. But and, you know as soon as we can, we will. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So the goal is to scale. You guys want more people. You want to be able to have interns. In the long run? Yeah, it's, and I, it makes me sound so altruistic, but it's as much about scaling as it is just giving people an opportunity because there are so many people around us that are incredibly talented or have the potential, and I'd love to be able to help them. Yeah. If they could come here for a couple of weeks and do some intern work, then I would love to be able to facilitate that. I yeah. really would, but I just, we're just not there yet. Give people the opportunities the that we didn't have. School, Absolutely. That's, That's why we had to start a business because we, our, our mantra at the time was nobody would hire us, so we had to hire ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Scaling, awesome. Being able to bring more people on, awesome. But like the more I'm talking to you guys now, the more I'm realizing that you're sort of in this good intermediate position between like a story time animator and an animation company, I guess, like Studio Yada that has people and the people who are working for people. And it's kind of a bigger thing. You guys have this fun little niche of being a two person group that's able to churn out content that I would say is better quality than a story time animator but it's not to like the level of an actual team which i think that's fair i yeah, don't know that, gives, that uh, seems to me like that gives you flexibility to do stuff like spoople and like chaos signals i mean you've pretty much nailed it yeah that's exactly it yeah i mean yeah we are we are uh aspirations to get to kind of um official studio level i mean you know we've got it in name but perhaps not in force but that's fine <laughs> um but you know having two of us it's amazing just how that's i mean that's doubling uh, the average workforce of yeah. like a story time animator for example isn't and it and it does show it's yeah. like um i've obviously got I've, oh, quite a few years of animation freelancing uh, mm. under my belt and um I've been using the same software since i was 15 of adobe stuff <laughs> yeah. so um i've got quite efficient in it so between us, with Fraser being efficient with Photoshop and learning animate, and as well as being like a fantastic illustrator animator, we're able to churn out like client work quite fast. And like between us, we've never got to the point where we've been overworked. We've always managed to maintain ourselves, earn enough to make a living and not overwork ourselves and produce some great content for our clients, as well as work on our own projects on the side. It's, yeah. it's, like every day I wake up grateful for it that we've managed to do it. You guys are in a sweet in- spot right now. I'm getting jealous. Yeah, we're just we're just incredibly lucky because I think we very quickly realized when we started this that in a lot of ways we kind of make up for each other's weaknesses. And that sounds really cliche, but it is true because um, I don't think either of us would disagree with the fact that I'm rather illustrative in my approach because I did always assume that was the direction I was going to take and mm-hmm. I kind of... Uh, changed lanes into animation quite late on uh, when I realized that was even an option because I'd never even considered it up until the point. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the technical knowledge that Luke brings, I mean, he handles so much post-production stuff, it's unreal. Like, I don't know if I've touched any sound. I haven't touched any sound for the longest time because you've just got that mm-hmm. and that's just your wheelhouse. So that's just what you handle. 
Um, and then, you know, I've got the same kind of elements that just kind of get led to me and we swap sometimes and that's always a fun experiment and we never step on each other's toes. But, um, I would say that sound design is one of the ways where you guys, uh, you know, stick out quality wise. Oh, thank you. That's That's one of the things I noticed is that for Spoople, you do, you guys have more sound design than a a story time animation would. You can hear Spoople's chair bouncing around. I love the background music of Spoople in the chair. (laughs) Oh, not background music, but like there's a, like a little, 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 little kind of a thing. Yeah. I noticed that's, that. It's funny you should make that sound because that's basically the sound we used yeah, and, then just, nice. and yeah. then just messed with it. That's all just no tongue. <laughs> 100% fresh tongue. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we kind of, well, we did so many things with the second one. We looked back at the first one. We were like, yeah, we can punch up the backgrounds. And you were like, well, I'd really like to add some ambient sound effects. And I was like, just go for basically, it. Basically, yeah. I... I I was fresh off um, Chaos Signals. Which was very sound intensive. Which was sound intensive. Very sound, yeah. I basically spent two days um, of late nights uh, doing that. um, And I was just having a blast making it, putting it all together. So when the sound design came for doing Spoople, the second Spoople, I was just in the right headspace of like, I'm going to throw so much more layers in because (laughs) I just can't stop myself now. But yeah, that's just... It's just one of those things, isn't it? You just keep throwing stuff in until it seems like, yeah. that's, that's good. I like yeah. that. Let's stop there. Yeah, you're basically like, mm, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Then you add in one extra sound effect and you're like, perfect. Ooh. That's it. <laughs> yeah. For Spoople, is there like a lore that you guys have on paper? Is there a co- is there a coherent nature to it? Or is it literally just, he is whatever you want and it could change? Well, he says it so much in the first episode where he says he's a marriage of flesh and paradox. <laughs> which is, yeah, which I is mean, nothing. You're saying nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, yeah, but no. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because initially, okay, initially there was whatever we came, whatever came out of our mouths in the, in the moment. Yeah. That went down on paper and then that made it down into the episode. But now, yeah, thinking forward, that's kind of changing slightly because now I'm thinking to myself, well, okay, now you know that there's a job frog and then that might mean that there's other kind of beings that exist and then it kind of does formulate this strange thing and yes I'm not gonna lie I spend a lot of time thinking about spoople law I spend so much time thinking about it like you would not believe yeah um and whether or not any of that will see fruition I don't know there's little hints so in the first episode with his baby pictures if you were to pause it and read through that there's there's little things in there don't get me wrong I literally did today I in getting ready I was watching the first Spoople and I paused it and I read you guys a little flavor text. <laughs> yeah, there's actually Easter eggs in the second one as well, but no one's pointed out to me yet. So mm. I'm not yeah, there's, there's little that. hidden stuff yeah. in the second one as well. But like the on the Spoople's baby pictures, everything that's redacted, it is actually wrote there, and Fraser showed me it. So there is logic there, and then he went and strategically covered it out. Yeah. So like it, it really is a lot more to it there. But you know, three weeks down the line, we're making a new video. Think of something funnier. Could all change. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> you yeah. know, who knows? It's it that also comes from like the chaos signals, um, which bounce onto that. Feel free to stop me. Um, no, go for it. It's uh. Part of obviously the Purgatory Dream series, which is my own little series that's all set in the same universe, um, yeah. where a lot of people are like, oh, the plot's too vague, or they're like, oh, it's got no plot, where it has, it's just not said, it's all just there in the background, because P- 
personally, I find it more fun to piece things together myself. Like mm. a, a lot of fan theories that people come up with for like big pop culture stuff are often more interesting than the actual explanations that come yeah. out. And yeah, then you like, get disappointed because the actual show turns out to be it's, like it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Cough, cough, Game of Thrones. There, we all know. There was um <laughs> one. There was a guy who sent me a, a message on on Twitter, and it was of his. It was of a four chan post. Um, That's right. Yeah. Um, of someone dissecting it all of all the Purgatory Dream series and I was Ooh. like they are so close they are so, I was like shocked we, at how we close they were existed, yeah did we? I didn't know that existed that I thought so cool. these were just niche little animations that not not you know maybe people watched them sort of digested them and consumed them then moved on to the next yeah. you didn't but expect somebody to be sitting it. down and like being a scholar about it basically yeah <laughs> I really didn't and I was like I was just blown away for it. I got so excited especially as we come from like you know academic backgrounds or studying degrees like i studied a film degree and half of that course was dissecting and sort of pulling apart films and so now i have a taste for it so i like fraser always jokes that i'm my own biggest fan because i will watch my work and then retroactively put a plot in that i didn't know was there because i enjoyed finding <laughs> little well that's that's what really happened with chaos signals there, were, there became this kind of common thing people were mentioning about it uh, in terms of what they thought was going on, which had never occurred to us, and we spent hours making it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's really obvious. Why did we not think that that might be the yeah. case? But there were there were shots on the cutting room floor that we took out because we it, it sort of explained stuff, or at least yeah. hinted heavily towards some other stuff, and we we're like, no, I'm going to take that it out because it, it? it doesn't need it. And also, I think it's more fun if we don't yeah. explain that. You don't. Yeah. If you if, the more you explain, the less you get. The 4chan post. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, by the way, before we keep going, Fraser, was that 4chan post really you? Yeah, I, I said. I said <laughs> the first thing I said to him that was. Yeah, I know. I wish. I wish it. Well, actually, I'm really pleased it wasn't because I would have been yeah. starting to lie to you all the way you through the fake interview. Name. But, yeah. Is the lore of Clockwork? I mean, your Clockwork. Is the lore for Chaos Signals something that you would want to keep in your pocket? Is, is Chaos Signals going to have its own kind of branch out, or is it just going to stay episode of Purgatory Dreams? So all of Purgatory Dreams sort of bounces off each other. There's, I'm not sure if it's visible in the final piece, but in the background of Chaos Signals, it does alert, it says about the, the Neon Vortex massacre, mm. like in the animation Neon Vortex. Um, so there, it, it may not be a direct sequel to Chaos Signals. It won't be called Chaos Signals 2, whatever the next thing you make is, <laughs> but it will definitely incorporate what's happening there. So okay. that'll be after what Chaos Signals, because Chaos Signals, um, basically, well, oh, do I want to say it? Ah, oh, screw it, I'll say it. It takes place at the end of the Purgatory Dreams timeline. <gasps> so I would, <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, do I make something that's after that or something that sets up before that? Right. Like, yeah. That sort of thing. But the point is, you've made something now, it exists in that universe, and whatever you make in the future, it'll always be back in your mind thinking, well, now I can allude to that here, or there's an opportunity for this to hmm. relate back to something that I've done before there. And yeah, I think that's the best way to do it, because it just creates this tapestry. It's not a cohesive story as such, is it? It's no. just snippets in a world that you've made. It has got a Bible. Oh. It has got a series Bible. I didn't even okay. know that. No, I've not, that's been kept around the computer for a while, that has. But yeah, there is like a, a, a logic behind the world that... Now when I go back and read it, I might be like, I might change that. Hmm. But it's all pretty, there is a, a Bible to yeah, it. Yeah, well, see, now I'm going to have to make a spookle Bible. <laughs> yeah, we all need to see that now. Is Purgatory Dreams something that was your thing that now you're letting Studio Goblin sort of adopt? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Because I noticed it, was... it changed style. It was like pixely, right? It had a pixel animation style. Yeah, so um, 
the whole universe, the law of it was Purgatory Dreams, but then I decided to try and make it an actual series mm-hmm. um, with it being pixel art style. Um, but then I sort of realized quickly after two episodes, I was like, I don't like limiting myself. I like to mess around with different animation styles, which yeah. is why I like Panic Pippi's rubber holes and things like this, because I just enjoy messing around with different styles and why Chaos is sort of more got that 90s OVA style to it. Yeah. Because I just, I watch a lot of animations and I'm like, oh, I want to do something like this. Yeah. I want to try and make this. But the, that's the other great thing about working with you is you're not necessarily, you're not as precious as I am. I think I'm more precious than you because you kind of came up with the idea and said, you know, I really, because you were really into OVAs at the time. That was like definitely a huge influence. <laughs> and then you kind of gave me kind of a, a run on designing some characters and then you were really into it. And then that kind of was that, wasn't it, mm. essentially? I made like a 300 pe- 300 a file document of reference images mm. and style frames and stuff for sort of Fraser to take inspiration from and myself when doing and the animatic and uh, it just looked perfect I yeah. saw the first roughs of the designs and I was like yeah that is that is good but it's nice. not the design that's the strongest element to that it's the, the strongest element to that is the sound which was you and yep. the other thing is I think so the, too I mean the, the rough storyboards that Luke provided me with like the, the shots uh, that's why the, you can get away with limited animation. I mean, if your shot composition is that strong, um, then I think that it just, it does wonders for, for the, the lack of animation almost. So it, that's all you as well. It circles back to the idea of taking inspiration for other stuff. Uh, I am a big fan of Berserk, um, especially the original Berserk, uh, series. Um, and in that, it's very limited, but it's incredibly picturesque. Like it's got mm. some fantastic shots in there where well, there's minimal movement, but it just looks great. So I kind of wanted to bounce off that. And sort of like, well, again, that's something I like. Let's see if I can recreate that and do it in my own way. Yeah. And see how it comes out. That makes sense. Do you guys, How I know this is a silly question to say, do you want to, but how badly do you guys want to pivot to where Studio Goblin is making their money on these passion projects? I mean, that is a silly question because obviously, I, you know. Yeah, that's the dream. It, it, it would be fantastic. I, I actually, if I'm being completely honest, I cannot foresee a world in which that happens for a, a long time and mm. even in a long time i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing in that long time to make that happen <laughs> yeah um i really have i don't know i don't know what, what, what's the key to that notary is that what we need yeah to do? i think it's just i, I bribery i mean i've been doing this for a long time i've making animations for new grounds and stuff and um i've got a very small following which is it's fine i don't yeah. make stuff that a lot of people are into and that's completely fine i just i kind of make what i think looks cool and hope other people like it that's the mantra, isn't it? I mean, my God, we really spoople. Nobody, nobody has watched spoople, yeah. but my God, I find it funny. <laughs> yeah, right. we like for us to be animating it, and you can imagine how often we hear the same jokes animating it. Mm. When we give it the final sign off, we're still laughing at it. We're still cracking <laughs> up on it. So we're like, it's out there. At least we enjoy it. And like things like spoople, what who do what who the people who do watch it do engage with it yeah and to see that other people like find it hilarious i mean that's enough to have two or three people just say that they love it is enough for it's me. a persona that you can ident- you can interact with it's like being able to watch spongebob and then speak to spongebob straight away afterwards <laughs> yeah this is it's mental um but yeah i think i think it'd be fantastic if we could subsist purely on our own creative ideas oh, i don't but, know what we would do yeah. if we could, if we were uh, able to do it full-time and just release our own stream of passion projects our stream of consciousness animations Oh, there'd be some weird and wonderful stuff. I certainly don't know. I don't have the experience you guys have, but I would imagine it would take public, uh, it would take people really wanting the series to be bigger. I mean, it reminds me of, uh, like, Mickle Minds with uh, the Tales of Alethrian 
series. Yeah. He yeah. just got this giant Kickstarter funded so that he and his team can make these Alethrian things, which are also a niche. It's also this kind of like vintage D&D-inspired animations. And he has more people, and he has more people sort of working together where he is. But I think it it, it happened because people saw the small things, and they wanted big things because they were invested in the story. Oh, tell me about it. That uh, The reward all kicked off um, when I was doing my uh, BA degree um so that, i don't even know what year that was in but like 20 2013 14 <laughs> or 15 somewhere around that time um but i saw that and then saw what like primarily online animated content could be to people and and the, the kind of the, the heady heights it could achieve and yeah i would actually like the reward was such a big thing for me when i was getting into animation because i'm quite a late comer to it that i completely agree with you like yeah you look at that model and you're just like damn that would be great that would be fantastic but so I, I could see a future where like you make hundreds of spooples because you have the format <laughs> you have the format for spooples to where you could crank yeah, yeah. them out like a story time yeah, animator yeah. does and that builds the following i guess in the same way that a story time animator builds the following hmm. <laughs> however that happens and it's, and it's like i don't want people to think that we're like bitter or sour about the fact that we're not that no and stuff i i because i love it i still love making animations i still love releasing them and i still love getting the feedback and reading. I always reply to reviews because I just love reading yeah. people's reviews. And like, I'm still grateful for the fact that I can release something and people can watch it. How can you possibly be bitter? We've been in business for like two months, no, what, a year and two months, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's not like I've got jaded in a year. <laughs> yeah. sure. Absolutely not. I mean, we're only at the beginning. So like, it's only going to be up from here. I wouldn't hear this and say you guys are bitter, but it, I do like hearing that you guys are, of course, you're conscious. You're conscious about momentum and about for oh, yeah. momentum oh, and building, building that snowball of getting things yeah, bigger. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you make a hundred spooples and nobody watches any of them, you guys are a company. You're not going to be bitter, but you might be like, okay, noted. <laughs> something's happening. Yeah. Oh, or something's absolutely. not happening. Well, the other thing I, I keep saying is, is okay, so like you make five more spooples and, and you've still got, you've got that core and like fantastic group of people that like enjoy it. And that's, that's wonderful. And maybe one of them kind of gets some traction. Well, fantastic. Then all those people have like six or seven animations to go back and enjoy. Yeah. Like yeah. you've got that back catalog, which is half the battle. Having the back catalog is, is half the battle. So everything we do, it doesn't matter how it goes. As long as we're pleased with it, which we would be if we've released it, then all that means is eventually when someone who really is into your stuff finds you and they see, wow, they've got all this other stuff to look at, then that only puts us in a strong position, doesn't yeah. it? So yeah. It's things like there might come a time when spoople or Purgatory Dreams will sort of drop off for a bit. And that would only happen because we've got, like, another idea we want to mess around with. Yeah. So, like, as long as we can keep animating, we will keep making stuff like that because it, there will always be ideas Don't for us to do anybody come. anything, do we? Yeah, exactly. It's it's all... Just see what comes to our minds. We love doing these series, but also, like I said earlier, um, experimenting and just seeing what sticks. I love throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. With, with Chaos... Um, the biggest loud and clear feedback I got was um the monster at the end. People don't like the monster. And I'm like, loud and clear, I get you there. We tried oh, something a bit different. Yeah, to say it like you should have been more hidden. It should have been more of like a Cloverfield thing where you don't yeah, see it, it or something like that. Yeah, it should have been more scary. And it's like, for me, like making a monster that has long slender limbs and uh, things like that, it's it's not hard to make that scary. And I'm not knocking anyone who does that because it is scary. But right. Like we know, I know that's scary. So I wanted to see what else can be scary. I want to try something different. 
I'm trying and to wrap my brain doing... on what the monster looked like. Remind me again. Was it something? It's kind of got a big grin and really long flowing hair and stuff. Oh, yeah. And... It kind of like was anthropomorphized more. Yeah. 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 A buff boy. Which is, yeah, it's a bit of a buff boy. And it's not, um, <laughs> yeah. that's not normally what we do sure. for monsters. Um, of course. But at least here. Uh, and I thought, well, let's try it out. Let's try and put a bit more of that anime aesthetic into it. Yeah. But what, and what safer space is there to experiment with something like that than an animation that nobody is expecting and that you're making in your own free time? Yeah. You can't exactly. experiment at that There's point. No then when are you ever going to be able to experiment? Yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. It's all free content. So no, if people watch it and don't like it, they haven't paid anything yeah. for it. So you I don't give feel your money bad. back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's just throw it at the wall and see what sticks. That does, it didn't work. Yeah. So we'll try something different next year. And then eventually there'll be something that's like, wow, I was not expecting that to be like that. And it'd be like, excellent, there we are. Our experiment has paid off. Well, you're in a good position, I think. I mean, you're in a position where you could achieve success commercially with companies referring you to other people, or you could achieve success with Spoople being a consistent series that people like Bond with. People keep saying that. I can't, still can't quite imagine that future, but I really appreciate <laughs> the amount of people that have said that hey, to me. Kind of like on the edge of their seat, waiting for the next Spoople, waiting to see what he yeah, does next. I'd love to... Um, go back and see my family at Christmas and tell them how I've bought them Christmas presents off Spoople. But- <laughs> oh, I, I, I can't. I, the first time, if we ever make any Spoople money, I don't know what I'll do. I won't spend it. I'll keep it in a box. Yeah. I mean, um, Chewie, just a sidebar here. Chewie mentioned uh, what we're going to do for the with the Halloween, with the October money. Please. We're going to go for a, we're going to go for a meal. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah. So just, I just wanted to make sure Fraser was okay with that. Oh, but, yeah. Um, we... With winning the October best off, which was Mental. fantastic, it caught Mental. us completely off guard. Mental. It was so grateful for people voting for us to win that. It's mental. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's mental. But the first thing um, we I said we'd do with the money is uh, we'd take our girlfriends out on a nice meal. Yeah, long suffering girlfriends. <laughs> because it's like the patience they have with us. <laughs> so we're so we're like we're going to treat them to a nice meal with it. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Newgrounds. Yeah. Thank you, Newgrounds. Thank you, Newgrounds, and thank you, girlfriends, for being patient. <laughs> yeah. I can echo yeah, that too. Yeah. Absolutely. Every time I I'm doing, I record in my own apartment, and my girlfriend is like. Okay, so I need to go to Starbucks again, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's the, 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 their mouth says they're okay with it, but their eyes tell a different story. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to, every now and then, like, you know, meet them halfway. Right. That sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. For Absolutely. sure. We're definitely nice guys. <laughs> I relate hard to something you guys said a bit earlier, which is like, when you're making, when you're like setting the, you're like building your, your roots of a new series that you're doing and nobody's watching it yet. You're sort of performing for the backlog. You're sort of like making this exactly. knowing that people are going to watch this, but way later when something like you're, – you're, you're doing – a podcast It's the same way, which is why I relate to it. You're making episode five knowing that people are going to listen to this when you release episode 105. They're going to go listen I'm to not, the, See where it exactly. all began. Grounds Patrol yeah. even has – like this podcast you're on now, I think episode one, there's a joke in there where I'm like – and if you're listening to this 20 years in the future, I'm sorry it got so bad. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast is a perfect example, isn't it? That, that's exactly the kind of thing where it can exist for so long and it just takes it just takes one or it takes a couple and then everybody is going to be interested in going and listening yeah, back to them. That's just the way they work. And it's like, oh, we're going to share the hell out of it when it comes out. And um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's like, um, we're now going to keep up the date with these new podcasts coming out because we've, been, we've obviously now been introduced to you. So it's like... I sort of went through this to some of your back catalogue and really enjoyed your content, so oh, I'm you. not going to be a fan. You um, keeps up to date with new ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just completely fresh faced in new grounds in general, so I'm I'm discovering new things every day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of reminds me also of like Homestuck, which is weird to bring it up in 2019, but there was a point where I was following it like six years ago, 
And uh-huh. if, if anybody doesn't know what that is, I'm not going to explain because <laughs> it's too much. But <laughs> how could you? I know. How could you or why would you? But You need a separate <laughs> companion web podcast just to do that. <laughs> exactly. But he, uh, Hussey, who's the creator of it, had this kind of crossroads where he had to either choose to develop for the people following along live or develop something that would be easier to digest looking back after the fact. Hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, do I spend more time on something and have it take longer to release, which is going to piss off the people following it, but be better for the people down the line? And he chose to hold off and perform for the people down the line. And he kind of said, guys, if you're following this live, I'm sorry. I, I'm performing for like uh, maybe a couple hundred of you and then hundreds of thousands, perhaps, of people that are going to look back on this in the past. Hmm. So yeah. you just got to understand that I'm per- I'm like performing for the backlog here. I'm sort of making this optimized for the people who are going to look back on this later on. <laughs> And no, yeah, you guys are great, but you guys have to sort of understand that. No, and it's it's completely the right way of doing it. I mean, that's why I do an anthology series, because you can watch one and then watch any one of them in any order, and it's all going to make sense. It's all its yeah. own self-contained story. Yeah, it's, it's uh, what, I can't remember what I was listening to recently, but it was an interview with um, some of the McElroys from My Brother, My Brother and Me. And oh, they were huge fan. Discussing... I love all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Who is yeah. fantastic. And um, they were uh, doing uh, either, well, I can't remember if it was a panel or like a keynote speech where they were discussing um, sort of tips and tricks of getting into podcasting. And I remember Justin specifically saying that you need to remember that it's not just, you know, you two or three or just yourself in that room. Uh, there's, you know, you need to imagine that there's hundreds, potentially even like thousands of other people there and just keep be conscious of that fact yeah because yeah you need to just get the same thing goes for what we do you know one day i want some people to just jump in to things in our back catalog and be able to enjoy them and i think that's why poetry dreams and spookle are the way they are it's like you don't need to see any others they do kind of function as standalone Mm. beings and we like that yeah absolutely so how i know you guys are supported you're a company you make the money which is great but how can we support you if we want to be cool with you guys and support you guys Basically, the best way is to share it. Share the content we make. Uh, Follow us on Twitter um, and on Newgrounds, of course. Uh, YouTube. I mean, Newgrounds is definitely more of my... I put more of my eggs in the Newgrounds basket than the YouTube basket. I definitely favor Newgrounds that way. That's cool to hear. A lot of people wouldn't wouldn't do it that way, but you guys do. Yeah, personally. Well, yeah. I always... I'm excited for the community interaction that we get here because it just doesn't exist at the same level necessarily on YouTube, especially not yeah. for us because we're just, you know, we're nobodies that post really, really infrequently. And obviously that's never going to get any, mm. any traction. Uh, you know, that being said, if anyone wants to go and uh, watch Spoof on those on YouTube, by all means do. <laughs> um, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, but yeah, the, kind of spread the it out. biggest support we could have is by just sharing the content. And if, I mean, not just that. I mean, it was, I suppose, reviewing it on Newgrounds and leaving us a feedback. I, I adore constructive yeah, feedback. Yeah, you're mad for feedback. I love are. feedback. Yeah. Um, constructive feedback. If someone's sure, being sure. abusive, I will, you know, be a bit snippy back. But yeah. if someone's like, like one star in it, then they don't like it, but they've given me a paragraph on how I should improve and why they didn't like it, I'm like, well, fair enough. There, yeah. you, I, I'll take that aboard and learn and see what I can get you, win you back next year. Yeah, uh, one star with feedback is more useful than a five star that just says, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd agree. Completely agree. Mm, I don't know if I completely agree. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always good I to see the five stars. I got a good amount of feedback on the last episode because it was a YouTube animator and this is a Newgrounds podcast. And 
I kind of did that intentionally, wanting it to be sort of a movement towards Newgrounds as part of the bigger internet. Let's listen to other people too. And yeah. I was very receptive to the feedback I got. There were people who were like, this guy doesn't care about Newgrounds. He's not going to share this to Newgrounds. You're not doing this for anybody but him. And I was like, okay, see, I like I know what I'm doing and why, but I also hear that. I hear that hard. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. But it, it there's there's two elements to it, isn't there? Obviously, you, you want to you want to dissect the site itself, but you do also need to analyze kind of the greater context that the site exists within, and you can't really have one without the other, in my opinion. So yeah. I respect what you did. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate absolutely. It. I I I'm a, when I was studying a bit of advice I was given from a lecturer was everyone who takes the time to criticize you are only doing it because they want you to be better. Yes. And it's like no person who says, oh, this is what I'm is doing it because they're like, oh, I hope he fails. It's like they do it because yeah. they want you to, you know, be better the next time around. Something there was worth investing their time. Yeah. They have they, lives. The they, that, they took their, yeah, there's a reason they took yeah. their time. If they really didn't care about you, they would have just not done anything. The Absolutely. best, I mean, not necessarily saying the stuff I make is art, but I'm just saying in the broadest thing of art into the spectrum of, you know, creative Yep. Is that art uh, should always challenge, mm-hmm. so that if you if, if you have a response from it, be it good or bad, it's done its job. Yeah. So it's the same with anything, be it, be it podcast, be it movie, be it animation uh, or game or music. If someone's felt that they have to respond to it, then it's done its job. Yeah, for sure. No, oh, that was deep. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I can be at times. <laughs> that's a good note. Got to end on. Guys, thank you for doing this. This has been fun. You guys are amazing. Oh, to talk pleasure. To. Yeah, of course. Thank and you here's yeah, to really more Spoople and more Purgatory and mm-hmm. more Forkchan uh, conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's to that. I never thought I'd say more Forkchan and anything, but there you go. I just yeah, did. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I know they are. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'll never go on that site because I'm too fragile of a being to go onto it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but when some people send you things, yeah, you can't people help send me, I can't help but look. Yeah, no, that was really fun. Thank you for having us on. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank you so much to those guys for joining us, and thank you to you guys for listening to that. Now, as I said, big news time, all right? Here we go. There's two things I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, The first one is fun. We, Grounds Patrol, we are hosting the finale of the 10th anniversary of the Newgrounds Audio Deathmatch. If you don't know what that is, Newgrounds Audio Deathmatch, NGADM, is, as it says on the website... A knockout competition that will pit some of the best artists on Newgrounds against each other for the race to the top. It is a knockout, dragout audio tournament, and it's so much fun. Again, this is the 10th anniversary of it. So uh, the finale is actually going to be on this podcast. We're going to be interviewing the artists who are in it, talking to the judges, and finally announcing the winner. We're announcing the winner on the show. That's going to be so fun. That comes out December 18th, so look out for it. And then after that, uh, we're going to be taking a bit of a holiday break And then uh, my next bit of news is this. After that and after the break, I'm actually going to be stepping down as the host of Grounds Patrol. Yes. Sad face, sad face, sad face. Um, That doesn't mean it's over. That doesn't mean Grounds Patrol is ending and will never happen again. But I am stepping down. I have a couple of reasons for doing so. It's nothing bad about you guys. It's certainly not in reaction to the YouTube thing. It's just a couple of different stuff. And I'm sure I'll post about it somewhere else, but... I just want you to know that I am going to be stepping down as the host after the new year. That doesn't mean it's over. It might have a new host, or it might turn into something a little bit different. So 
please don't be afraid. If you guys are a fan of Grounds Patrol, first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the love that you've shown it and shown me. It's been one of the most supportive things that's ever happened to me. And stick around for the new year because, guys, we're just getting started. We are just getting started. All right? Whew. News time. Thank you to our groundskeeper, Tom Fulp. We love him. Uh, he loves all of us. Groundskeepers are the elite-level patrons keeping this podcast running. You can become a Patreon patron at patreon.com slash groundspatrol. Bit of a tongue twister. If you have any thoughts you'd like to share about the episode, leave a review on Newgrounds. And I might read some of it at the top of the next show. You should know the Grounds Patrol is produced and edited by Cam, a.k.a. Ninja Muffin. You can follow him on Newgrounds and Twitter at NinjaMuffin99. Thank you to Waterflame for the use of his song, Below. Wonderful song. Love it so much. It's always in my head. <laughs> you can join our Discord at bit.ly forward slash Grounds Patrol. Follow us on Twitter at Grounds Patrol. Follow me on Newgrounds and Twitter at WillKMR. That's probably where I'm going to be talking a bit more about my stuff. And the next episode is going to be on December 4th. It's going to be on December 4th. Okay? Okay. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for hearing the news. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, stay creative.